Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Zach just got a cold shiver shooting yeah, all the way up his spine. Welcome to the Well Played DLC podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I am your interim host without the milk, but all the cream, James Wood. Tonight I am joined by the beautiful Adam Ryan. Hello. Jordan Garcia is here. Hello. And Nathan Hennessy. Also creamy, but especially white. Hello. <laughs> especially white indeed. How are we all? So very, very good. So excited to have you in the hosting duties this week. I know. What a, a, what a fun turn of events. Else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he won't develop a complex about it at all. Oh, no. Adam's done tremendously well. He knows this. Oh, I, I thought we were talking about Zach. Yeah, no. Oh, Adam's no. Good. Adam's Yeah, no, no <laughs> complex here, man. Nothing. No, no way. Of course not. No. Don't be silly. <laughs> no. no. Not, not at all. Not at all. How, how are you, Adam? Top notch, mate. Tired. Um, but... You know what's new? Now I I started yeah. a a new role in my my job this week, so Congrats. getting into the the swing of all of that business is is tiring as it always it is. is when you change jobs. But uh, yeah, onward and upward. It's yeah, it's been a good one so far. Very good, Jordan. How you doing? Uh, not too bad. Just busy, really. Mm. Is the word of the night? And Nathan, I assume you're also busy while not dying from whatever it is you're dying from. Yeah, so like like Adam, I myself have been acclimating to a new role and you can pick up a crusty hoarseness in my voice this <laughs> evening. Sp- extra textured. Yeah, I've got myself something of a throat infection. I feel good. My throat feels a bit arsed, but we're going to have fun tonight. I'm going to bring a whole new tone to the to the show this evening. So I'm already enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I've started smoking again, boys. <laughs> Back on this scene. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, has anyone been playing anything that is not for content purposes? Absolutely I'm a not. Firm shake of the head from Adam there. Um, Nathan, you you got anything? Oh, I might have a little something for you. So only a little bit. I uh managed to get my hands on out of sheer curiosity, morbid curiosity, Atomic Hearts. Now <laughs> Atomic Hearts famously, <laughs> James, I believe you gave that what, five point was that a five out five, of five point five, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And look. I'll say oh, I read your review and it it hits home pretty quickly. Uh, some some of the cross with that game, <laughs> namely the main character. Oh my god, I've I've been rough on some main characters over the past year, and I've I've slammed a bit of dodgy writing. This game's on another level when you're playing in the English. This is an abrasive motherfucker of a character. He is detestable, <laughs> and the writing on a whole around him not much better. Um, but you know, it's not, it's not without its charm. The opening sequence says, I'm sure you probably, I think you'll appreciate yourself is is quite stunning in its own way and, uh, Definitely. sets off a very intriguing premise. Uh, I can't necessarily say I'm going to play a whole heap more of it. I, I just wanted to get a foot in the door and, and mm. just give it a glimpse. And it's a, where, where yeah. did you get up to? Uh, so look, I've got my shotgun. I'm making progress through that first, you know, underground compound, Mm-hmm. Uh, I've restored electricity, so I've done a variety of very basic uh, logic puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all, it's all. Look, honestly, so far, 
aside from the writing, it's all been <laughs> extremely inoffensive. Uh, but the one thing that I have enjoyed has been the uh, environmental lighting and some mm. of those, like just how pretty it can look in some of those underground areas with the atmosphere. Uh, whether that endures, <laughs> your review <laughs> kind of gives me the impression it it has its moments, but overall, yeah. probably not. I mean, it, it always looks good. Uh, I don't think that's ever going to be a problem that you have with the game. It, it certainly wasn't one that I found. It's just, um, yeah, you, you'll be in a lot of those facilities. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine yeah. you'll probably become a bit samey after a while too. A little bit, a little bit. That's uh, me. Good stuff. Jordan, have you been playing anything? Uh, I've been playing one game for review for the past two weeks. Got it. Yep, <laughs> that that tracks, especially given the game that you'll be talking about. Um, okay, well, in that case, let's just jump right into our main topics. Adam, tell us about the PSVR 2 headset. Yes, I, I spoke about my brief time with VR a couple of weeks ago, and obviously it's been a couple of weeks since then, so I've got Wait, what? Some, some extra thoughts. I know time moves weirdly. It's bizarre. <laughs> um, I have been spending a very sweaty amount of time with the the VR as of late. Um, luckily, we're getting into slightly cooler weather, so maybe I'll be a little less damp going forward. But um, yeah, it's exceptionally impressive. The, the unit itself is, if you owned or ever used the original PSVR, it'll look and feel pretty similar um, as far as the the unit itself. It, it is pretty similar in like physical functionality. So the, the band still has like a, a button release to get it on and then a little dial that you use to, to tighten it and then another button to bring the, the screen closer to or further away. Um, so if you've ever used the, the original, it'll be easy enough to pop on. Even if you haven't, it's all pretty intuitive. It's, it's not rocket science. Um, but the biggest improvement physically, the headset itself, uh, there's not a litany of cables anymore. It's been simplified down to one really massive. It's a four and a half meter USB-C cable. Um, why you need that? I don't really know. Cause the, the, I think they want you to have a two by two space to play in. So the four and a half meter cable seems like overkill, but realistically it's only a good thing. It just gives you a bit more slack would, to work with. I would, I would um, imagine it's just so like if there's tangles, you still have more room to work with. Yeah, exactly. If, you know, Key was to sprint past for whatever reason, um, she's not going to, I'm not going to go flying towards the TV or anything, which is pretty handy. Um, be funny but to yeah, watch though. it would be funny to watch, but it would be very painful. But yeah, having only one cable um, makes actually using the unit something that I want to do. Um, one of the biggest Correct. barriers to entry for the original was you have to set the fucking thing up. Like it has the the pass-through box and there's like three different uh, HDMI cables that you need. And there's like, you feel like you're getting strapped into the matrix and yeah, it's just, it's not a fun thing to, to set up or leave set up. It takes up a lot of space. This is literally, it sits next to my PS5. I plug it in. That's it. That's, that's really as far as it goes. So massive, massive improvement as far as that's concerned. Um, as easy as it is to f set up physically, um, once you're actually using it, also really easy. So once you have it on your head, um, you can pop it on your head and get everything sorted after that because it's got the the cameras that will um, let you see every, like your entire room in grayscale. So I'll be having a conversation again with Key. It seems really normal for me because I can see her. She's looking at me with kind of half my <laughs> face obstructed, which is something we've been getting used to. But 
that way you can pop the headset on, get comfortable, then grab your controllers, which with a lot of other um, VR headsets, you kind of have to get yourself up and do that little um, funky dance to try to get yourself situated with the headset itself, which again, it seems like a, a kind of a novel thing, but it's actually really, really handy. Um, first time set up and setting up for each game, the, the VR headset will ask you just to look around your room. More or less what it does is set up like a, a virtual play space for you. So you'll see it kind of map out the room around you and it will like my couch is always behind me when I'm playing and I can see that it kind of walls that off. So you're not going to be, you know, punching a wall when you're, you're trying <laughs> to shake maracas in horizon, um, call of the mountain, which is insanely fun by the way. Um, so yeah, it's once not at you all have, what I thought you'd be doing in that game. <laughs> there's there's no. way more, um, I'll, I might go into that in a minute, but there's way <laughs> more, um, musical instruments for a game about robotic dinosaurs and bows and arrows, but no, yeah, so it, it it sets up the play space for you and when you're actually in the game, it'll give you kind of this this nice little warning when you're getting close to a wall. Nothing too intrusive. It's literally just kind of, it gives you that little overlay of the the triangles, circles, squares and Xs to, to let you know that you're kind of approaching something rather than nice. tell yeah. you at the last minute or just completely cut you out of the game. If you literally fully step out, it will just cut the feed and it goes back to that gray scale and goes, Hey dipshit, you're about to run into a wall. Um, does it actually call you dipshit? It does. It's really mean. Wow. No, it doesn't. In um, Jim Ryan's voice. Yeah. Yeah. In dad's yeah. voice. Um, but yeah, once you're set up, it's, it is, it is genuinely incredible. Like the, the first VR, I don't know. It kind of felt like, you know, one of those experiences that you have in the mall where you sit down and they put the VR headset on you and you're in like a roller coaster or something. Mm-hmm. And like the, the seat moves, it kind of felt like a novelty and kind of a proof of concept. Whereas this is obviously the next iteration of that. It's not like, you know, you can feel the breeze going through your hair or anything like that, but it definitely feels like a vision realized the, the visuals are 4k and genuinely what you see in like gameplay trailers in like a, a 4k YouTube clip is virtually what you see when you're using the headset. Like there is obviously that kind of blur to it because the screens are, you know, centimeters from your face. Um, but when you're in there and you're immersed with it, it, it pretty quickly dissipates and you don't really notice it. Um, it's also got a, I think it's a 110 degree field of vision, which is very encompassing. Like it takes a little bit of getting used to and, because you, you can just see so much. It's such a weird thing. Like I suppose if you're using a, like a, a massive curved monitor, you might kind of have a, a similar idea. Um, Jordan, you probably have a fucking 55 inch curved monitor. That's how I envision. That's where you're wrong. That's right. <laughs> um, you, you can't see me. I'm very enthusiastically nodding my head because other VR headsets, you are constantly aware of the plastic in your peripheral or peripheral. Yeah. It's, it's this just, sounds like it's not that. It's really not the case. It really, really isn't. Like you can see so much and the way you interact with it is a little bit different as well because it has, and it's probably the thing I'm most keen about, it has eye tracking that mm. is, it's, it's so hard to describe how impressive it is until you actually use it. Like setting it up, um, it just has nine dots around in a big circle. And it says, look at the dots, they'll light up. And I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. There'll be a massive delay. And here I am like, <laughs> obviously you can't see me while we're recording, but my eyes like darting back and forth, up and down, trying to like go so fast that it'll trick it. 
nah, it just, yeah. it is, it is so <laughs> dead on this. <laughs> and it's like, it's so accurate. And here I am being like, this is magic in a box. I'm like, how can it see my eyes? This is so crazy. <laughs> um, but it's so like, for instance, in resident evil village and in, um, horizon call of the mountain, the menus, instead of, um, like moving your head to select things or to use the analog stick, you just look at what you want. Like that sounds like such. That's such a wild concept. It sounds really kind of novel again, like, but the, I don't know. The only way I can liken it is like looking at something on a, like a, the, a menu at like a fast food restaurant or something. Like I right. want a number 24 and you just kind of look rather than point. It's, okay. it's, yeah, it's really hard to to describe how intuitive. Do you find it ever like backfires? Like are you, if you like look at too many things or like if you're scanning your eyes over a menu, like do you, does it kind of like jilder around or is it just seamless? Genuinely never once. It is the most <sighs> seamless thing. Outstanding. It's, it's genuinely incredible. So like I, I went back to, I'm playing another game for a view. Oh, embargoes up. I'm playing WWE at the moment and I, genuinely because it. i was i tried to i tried to do like i actually tried to do it because i felt like an idiot because i went straight from call of the the mountain to to wwe and i was like this game is but oh no never mind i'm not in vr and i don't have that really cool feature um but it also like it is something that will be used i haven't experienced it in game yet um i know that switchback the um super massive horror game is going to use eye tracking to like make sure things scary shit pops out at you like where you're looking at it so there are practical uses for it outside of menus but menus are the only thing i've actually used at the moment um but it's fucking unreal that yeah it sounds like i'm getting way too into it just for something really simple but it's yeah it's it it sounds like one of those like small steps forward that inevitably kicks off like hey this is just how it should always be now kind of yeah especially if you think about it from an accessibility point of view as well like absolutely it's it's a pretty great concept I want it in all games, VR or otherwise, is what I'm saying. Mm. I want to look at things and for them to just work how they should. <laughs> um, but yeah, the back to the, the headset itself, it has the refresh rate. I don't have the number on me at the moment, but is exceptionally, exceptionally high. I think it's um, 120. Yeah, which, which definitely helps with motion sickness. Um, I know in the first iteration... I th- whether it's the implementation's gotten better and people are developing games better for it, because I don't think the refresh rate was too different to the original. Um, it's 92 to 120. So yeah. It's pretty so similar. Th- things are a whole lot smoother. So I think that's just kind of a, a sign of the time with people develop how people are using the, the tech. Um, but it's very, very smooth. And I only found myself kind of feeling a bit woozy and having kind of sea legs coming out of it playing uh, call of the mountain because you literally you're like climbing so much and you're like hanging off of shit and you know you look down and there's a big gully um so you kind of have that drop in your stomach moment but outside of that like the the increased frame rate and just how smooth everything is i genuinely didn't feel motion sick like very often at all um so that's yeah was fantastic it also has um haptics in the the headset itself, which was something that really caught me off guard. Mm, um, mm. I was playing GT seven and I crashed into a wall and I could feel the impact on the side of my head where I crashed into the wall. It's very <laughs> subtle. Like it's not gonna, it doesn't take you out of it, but it is kind of immersive. Um, yeah, it's, right. it's yeah, really, really just subtle, but very cool. Um, 
the other really, or one of the other really impressive things, um, the screens are OLED as well, by the way. So all the colors really pop, um, especially if you're playing something like Horizon. It's very, very noticeable. Um, but the controllers, the sense controllers, I never want to touch or look at a move controller ever again. <laughs> They're dog shit and I hate them. And the sense controller is so much better in every way. Um, just from like ergonomically how you hold them, uh, it, it has some sort of tracking for your hands and your fingers. Um, cause regardless of whether you're touching buttons or not, if you look at your hands in a game, obviously when you have hands, you can see your fingers moving as, as they are holding the controller. So if you make a fist, you'll make mm. a fist in horizon. I'm doing the peace sign to all of the, the robot dinosaurs. Cause I want to be friends and I'm doing and the peace sign. Man. It's, it's really like it, it's unreal. And obviously they have haptics as well. And they've got the, the, um, the triggers, the, I'm losing the word now, the, whatever the triggers. Sense? Yeah. Whatever like the, 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 the same, um, like the tension that it puts on the, yeah. the triggers. So when you're pulling back the bow in horizon, you get that. That's like the typical thing that everyone goes for. But, um, it's, it, I don't know. It adds to the immersion again, because the dual sense I already think is, is a really cool concept having the the adaptive triggers and the the haptics putting that into VR just makes it all the better. Like in horizon, first thing you do, you're sitting in a boat. Everyone's seen the start of that. If you put your hand in the water, you can feel the water going across your hands and it is. Does your hand actually become wet? Uh, I was sweating enough where it was. Yeah. So it yeah. Was doubly immersive. <laughs> Slow drips. Um, but it's, it's unreal and they're really comfortable. They've got kind of that orb look, um, that a, a lot of other uh, VR controllers do. They're really, really comfortable. Um, but it's, yeah, top to bottom, the unit is itself is absolutely incredible. Like the, the downsides I can think, the controllers have a really short battery life and you have to plug them in with a USB-C. That's a bit of a pain in the ass. I'm immediately going to get like the charging cradle for them because um, that just seems like the way to go. But like going from visuals uh, to immersion, to all the features that it comes with. It's, it's inc- it is genuinely incredible. And I'm really hoping that, because obviously I'm a big Sony fanboy, but I'll admit when I'll admit their faults, Sony can, can be a bit rough with introducing new things and then not supporting them. So I what just need, Google? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just need the software that is going to be made for it to be worth the price of admission because it is fucking expensive. It's that more than was the price my of primary the concern. Exactly right. Yeah. So we're looking at uh, what is it eight seventy nine ninety five for this Correct. unit, which is like what's obscene. that eighty like bucks more obscene. than the console. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things where, like, hearing you talk about it, you've fully sold me on the concept of the hardware. Like, I believe yeah. that this thing plays like magic. Um, but again, that that concern is like, yeah, but what am I going to play on it? Um, exactly. I, I, don't, I don't give a shit about horizon. Yeah. That's, that's not sort of where I'm at. Um, but, uh, yeah. Interesting. Speaking of horizon, like I'm not, I'm not a big horizon boy either. It's the, the first two games really didn't do much to, to grab me. Um, but it's definitely a good showcase game. Like mm. whereas the PS five had, um, Astro, Astro Mech, whatever the, I can't remember what it's uh, called. Astro's Playroom. Astro's yeah. Play, yeah, Astro's Playroom had the, like it shows off all of the the different features of the DualSense and it shows off the the SSD loading times and things like that. Horizon kind of does for VR2 what Playroom did for PS5. Um, the difference being is there's an $80 price tag attached to it. <laughs> um, it. It is like, it is a full game. 
I don't find myself wanting to go back to it because I love the story. I really, it's kind of by the by. Um, but holy shit, like the, the climbing and being able to feel the rocks um, and drawing back the bowstring. Like it, it is incredible, but I'm just really keen for to play something as immersive and incredible as that in a world that I care about more. Mm. But for the people who love Horizon, holy shit, man, getting to stand next to Aloy, which she's a lot shorter than I expected as well. You kind of get the the sense of scale, obviously, when you're in VR. But being able it's to fair. like everyone's short when you're ten foot tall, but Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I'm a I'm a monster. I'm I'm you know, I'm hoping everyone thinks that of me. But yeah, no, it's 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 unreal. Open open to questions if anyone has any, but overwhelmingly yeah. positive experience I've had so far. Quick one to shoot at you. A uh, common thing that I find with VR headsets that I don't think gets a lot of talk is they can get bloody hot. Like they generate a fair bit yep. of heat. Mm-hmm. How do you find this one? It's pretty hot, man. Um, the <laughs> Sweating. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it came out at an awkward time, obviously, for us here in Australia. Where the summer. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking hot and it still is at the moment. And if it's not hot, it's muggy and it's awful. But it's... <sighs> It's not. It's nowhere near as bad as other VR units I've used. Um, it's got kind of that soft, plasticky like feel around the actual like where it contacts your face. So luckily, like the saving grace I would say is if you do sweat, cleaning it is really, really easy. Um, and I think it will always be easy because of the any contact point has like easily cleanable surfaces. So I'm not going to tell you that it it doesn't make your face hotter than the surface of the sun because it does. <laughs> but luckily there's a way to combat that. So that, that's a positive. Yeah, that, that, that already makes a huge difference because the keeping up with hygiene on a VR headset is harder than you'd initially give it credit for. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Faces are disgusting. Yeah. They're awful. Awful yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. Can't stand it. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, there's a, you know, $900 unit if anyone wants it. That's uh, good yeah, Good times big, ahead. <laughs> big old barrier to entry, but I'd... Uh, but I'd it ad- does sound great. Yeah. It, it really is. I'd, I would say if you have a mate who has disposable income and has shelled out for it, it's 100% worth ducking over and giving it a try for yourself. Because <laughs> even if you don't purchase one, it's, it's something that I'd... Like, you'd be remiss to not at least try it. It's it's Is it fantastic. Worth potentially ruining that friendship by stealing their unit, or <laughs> uh, look, if they're an acquaintance, I'd say steal away. Oh, your brother and... maybe less so, but um... yeah, yeah, anyway, exactly. Adam, if you got to see him all the time, <laughs> yeah. Uh, good stuff. Um, look, while we are on the topic of uh, hardware, actually, Nathan, the Steel Series Arctis Nova Seven. Tell me all about it. Fantastic. So back in November, I had the opportunity to spit out a review for the uh, uh, Steel Series Arctis Nova 3. So before we discuss the 7, the Arctis Nova series is effectively the successor to the wildly popular Steel Series Arctis uh, generation, which I think a good bunch of us here at Well Played have either had, owned, or are still using and have spoken well of. Uh, now, the 3 didn't particularly love it. A uh, big issue with the 3, just to recap, was its selling point was it's a wired LED headset and you were only going to be able to use those LEDs effectively while it was connected to the PC, despite the box saying otherwise. 
uh, wasn't too pleased about that. And then having to interface with the software that you like activates the LEDs, piece of shit. It was one of those <laughs> pieces of proprietary software that um, steals away what should possibly be hardware features or hardware switches, puts them in the software, and the software just doesn't play well at all. So we get the Arctis Nova 7 and the promise out of the box here is it's a wireless headset. It's going to have that dual connectivity, which means it allows you to basically uh, smack a dongle into say your PlayStation 5. It will connect via that on like a like a Wi-Fi type frequency, one of those types of bands, as well as uh, a dual connection with a Bluetooth device. So what does that look like? Well, for the sake of my reviewing, that would look like me uh, connecting to my phone, whether it be Discord or just using the phone in general for Audible or calling me mum, because you know that's a good thing to do when you're playing a game on autopilot. So I tested all of these things and I, I had a chance to play many, many games of some of them right the way through. For instance, a, a big test bed for me was The Last of Us Part 1, the remake on the PlayStation 5, which has what you would expect uh, exceptional audio uh, right throughout the game. So the first thing here is, as I say, it's a wireless device. Its battery life is one of the first things I'll address. It's fantastic. I've been testing this unit since early to mid-January through till now, an average of, say, two hours a night, perhaps. Weekends, obviously, that fluctuates. I've only had to charge it once in that time. Uh, it's It's brilliant like the charging this thing also it charges super fast so it's USB-C uh, the wireless functionality here also functions terrifically so I have absolutely no issues with it connecting to the PlayStation and then popping it on my phone all I'm having to do to make that second connection is press a Bluetooth button on the headset and then uh, just open up the connection on my phone bing bang boom it's good to go there's a magic trick at play here that I don't want to discount or talk over too quick. So I actually think it's one of the best parts of this headset. It's how the it, it mixes the audio of these dual connections. So if I'm playing The Last of Us or Battlefield 2042 and I'm talking to my mother, I don't have to go into the game. I don't have to go into my phone and adjust audio levels to compensate. Uh, all of us here, I'm sure, are all too familiar with um, playing GTFO and having a Discord call open and GTFO just drowning out the game. I don't know what happens here, but there's some kind of magic trick at play where the Arctis Nova 7 is just able to balance these two audio streams and basically have them overlap in such a way that you won't adjust anything. You'll be hearing all the voices and all the sound details perfectly fine. And uh, I don't know what they've done to pull this off considering there's very little to actually tweak on the headset um, particularly the fact that it does also have one of those uh, mixing uh, wheels on the headphones what do I mean by that I mean do you want to mix towards uh, your audio chat or your video game audio one of those wheels it, it, it doesn't really work outside of the PC so again I've got a small issue here where some of the hardware functionality doesn't really work outside of the PC I don't think that's necessarily a huge caveat of the headphones um, I've, I've heard from other people that this might be more so the hardware of the PlayStation or the Xbox playing more friendly with their first party equipment rather than mm -hmm. third party so i have, I have similar there. struggles with with my headset on the playstation as well so oh, i do, definitely believe that 
Fantastic. So we won't we won't hold that against the Steel Series. So in short, I'm already feeling much stronger about the Arctis Nova Seven. I do feel like this one actually does work as a successor to the Arctis line. I didn't feel like the three actually came across with the goods to make it worthwhile an upgrade from the Nova, even if you're on the Nova three or five. The Nova Arctis Nova Seven, on the other hand. It's got a better battery. It's got that dual audio connectivity. Of course, we're a little late to the party with that utility now that PlayStation has Discord integration, but I haven't actually tested the Discord integration. It might actually work better still to have Discord on your phone simply due to the way that the levels mix. As I said, the, the headset does something terrific, meaning that your enjoyment of your game is not at the compromise of the enjoyment of whatever you're listening to on your phone. If you're the kind of person to do that, I think some games do warrant an audio book in the background. If you like those <laughs> games, definitely consider this headset. That dual audio connectivity works like a charm, super easy to set up, and one of my favorite things about this headset. What I don't like, very quickly, there's not a whole lot. Um, I said that the Arctis Nova 3 didn't sit on my head very well. I said it was kind of plastic and lightweight, so it would move around. If I tilted my head, it would just fly off. This one has a kind of a steel wrap alongside or rather around the the head frame the chassis which gives it a little more firmness as it's sitting on your head it makes it feel a little more heavy and robust heavy is the wrong word but what i mean is it's going to sit a little more stable it feels like it has the weight to be sitting on your head comfortably the cups sit a little bit nicer on the ears i found that with the three and the plastic just sort of creating a bit of a cramp on your head it's a little too tight a little too hot uh, so it sits much nicer got that terrific battery life but the base also an issue i had with the three and with the arctis nova series is it's just no improvement over the steel series arctis uh, anything i threw at it whether it was battlefield whether it was atomic heart or the last of us or i was even some films i've been throwing at it the base is just not there it's it's uh, it's as weak a thud as you'd get from a pair of headphones a quarter of the price there's no depth to it. If you plug it into your PC and fuck around with the Sona software, you will get the base that you want, um, but it's just not there out of the box for if you're using it with um, console hardware. But on the trade-off other side of it is its ability to produce clear treble sounds such as voice and vocals is unparalleled. Um, I could comfortably watch even poorly mixed shows, movies and games without like almost without subtitles and be able to pick up the voice tracks clearly um, playing well between both headphones and um, just yeah it's very very big emphasis there on being able to pick up those kinds of sounds as well as those directional sounds that you'll like in multiplayer games uh, so my, my very last quick thing here is playing the last of us part one hardest difficulty it's fantastic if you can have a headset that gives you a bit of directional audio because your mm -hmm. sound becomes such a huge cue to knowing where the enemies are when the HUD is gone uh, and you've got nothing else to rely on and the visuals can be dark. So being able to hear quite accurately a thug uh, sort of scuffle a few metres behind me, you know, to my four o'clock and be able to go, ah, I know where you are and immediately turn around and find them there. I don't feel like you get that level of confidence of directional audio out of every headset. The fact that they deliver on that promise here and being able to actually put that to use in a game and have it aid you is uh, phenomenal. So the Arctis Nova 7, big turnaround from my lukewarm thoughts on the Nova 3, simply because what it says it does on the box, it actually mostly manages to do <laughs> out of the box uh, with very little 
fluffing about. So uh, definitely if you're an Arctis owner and you're considering the upgrade, I consider this one a worthwhile consideration. Less so than a must buy. Do your research. It could be a winner mm. for yourself. Well, you had me until the base stuff. Sorry. Yeah, the base <laughs> stuff is... I, I tested this extensively because it's an issue I had with the three and I wanted to be certain that it wasn't just me and I have made up my mind that the base is just fundamentally... It's it's just not there. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. it's, it's less than a thud. Um, you know, any other speakers I've got in the house, even shit ones, can produce, you know, a modicum of bass that this just doesn't have out of the box. Well, that is a shame. Um, the, the, the dual audio does sound like magic though like that that sounds really cool um so i'm, I'm yeah, glad that it's got that feature that, i think that's quickly well becoming like an industry standard as far as it seems to be. are concerned and it's a feature that they all should like the the two like the the epos headsets that i have and have reviewed in the past like it is it's something that you wouldn't think you would use until you use and then it once you've time. got it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't want to be without it yeah, yeah. exactly well, especially when it's done this well mm. mm-hmm. very good very good um, I have no smart transition for this. I'm just going to dive right in. Uh, <laughs> I have reviewed a little, uh, a beautiful little indie game called The Wreck. Uh, now, this comes to us from Pixel Hunt Studios, uh, self-published as well. So a, a true indie, which we do like here. Um, <laughs> uh, so this is a um, essentially like a, a 3D visual novel with some very minor uh, sort of interactive elements. Um, you are following along the, it's like a, a day in the life of this uh, woman named uh, Junon or June. Uh, it's all French. So it's, uh, I'm not going to get the pronunciations right. Um, but a, a Effectively, this is a, I think, like late 30s writer who finds herself called to the hospital one day after her overbearing mother has a aneurysm um, and she finds out that she has been made a power of attorney uh, in, in her mother's sort of life support situation. Um, that She didn't know this was going to be happening to her. And so we spend the day with June as she tries to figure out sort of how she wants to make the choice she has to make around her mother. Um, by doing this, it, will you do this by having it's like three or four separate conversations with different people from her life. So like it's her sister, her ex-husband, a third conversation I don't really want to spoil here. And then you finally have sort of like a, a one-sided conversation with, with your mother. Um, and during these conversations, you get um, certain words will float up in front of her in a very stylized way that you can click on them and choose them to try to engage with um memories that she's got associated with with these people right and so she has a sort of this constant internal monologue that's coming at you it's very fleabag-esque like she it feels like she is talking to you directly um and there is a framing device for this as well i do go over in my review if you haven't read that yet though you can skip it just jump straight into the game i don't really want to spoil it here again um but effectively during these uh, little like text memories you can click on certain words which will lead her to other memories which can potentially unlock more dialogue options but no matter what you do you will inevitably hit a point during these conversations where she fucks up uh or she takes something the wrong way and as a response to that she leaves the hospital in a half gets into her car drives off and gets into a car accident which is the the titular wreck um every time you get into the car accident 
the contents of your purse kind of like spill out in front of you in a first person camera. You can highlight a certain item and with that item, there's a memory associated with it. You jump into that memory. Uh, these are represented in like a variety of cinematic ways, a lot of different camera angles, different color work, different framing devices. It's, it's very beautifully done. Um, and inside these memories, you examine them by rewinding and fast forwarding through them using the shoulder buttons. And through these sort of examinations of your past uh, experiences, you learn a little bit more about yourself. You rewind to that point in the conversation where you fucked up and you get to choose a better option. And you've effectively sort of healed from, from whatever trauma response she was having to that particular moment. Um, you do this quite a bit. I think my only real complaint about the game is that during the second conversation that you have with the ex-husband, the kind of like constant repetition of the car crash is thematically good and where they go with it in the at the end of the game is quite beautiful um but you do still have to play out a very similar sequence over and over again to to get to those really good moments so there's a, a slight pacing problem there um but broadly speaking i had a really phenomenal time with this um i think it is expertly voice acted um these are it's a french cast but they've done it in english so there's a bit of that the kind of broken english uh charm to it um the writing is exceptional it's it's warm it's uh, very very nuanced these feel like adult characters um the fleabag i think comparison is is really uh, apt here because you don't get easy answers to a lot of the problems in in june's life you just get very messy truthful responses and you have to figure out how you're going to feel about that and it all obviously culminates in, in you making sort of a, a choice at the end of it i'm not sure if there are alternate endings i i it's one of those games where you get your playthrough and like that's your playthrough you know um so yeah that, that's pretty much about it it is a very simple game there's not a, a there's not a lot of meat on the bone in terms of the gameplay but again it's a visual novel you sort of know what you're getting into on in that sense um but for me the performances and the writing like really elevate this thing and i cannot recommend it enough do love a good visual novel. So, mate, I feel like you buried the lead there. Did 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 he mention visual novel earlier, or was that? I think I did. Yeah. Okay. I must have. I must have glazed over that. Yeah. It's not my fault you don't listen to me. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you no, Well, you also got me on Fleabag, but then I have to ask. This doesn't sound like a game that's going to make me feel good. Is there I was going to say I'm going to play this and I'm going to fucking cry. Yeah, um, I teared up a couple of times. There's definitely, like, you know, the game does, I think it gives you a content warning at the beginning. Like, there is a, a fair amount of discussion of, of death and of um, women's issues. Uh, there's, there's a fair amount going on in this game, I'm not going to lie. But it is, to me, very distinctly a game about... Uh, what happens after a trauma point. So like June has these very specific moments in her life that you you learn about sort of throughout the game, but the game is set, I think five years after them. So this is a, a woman who is like on the, on the verge of sort of like being able to fully move on from an experience. And so you do still see her grapple with some of these horrible things um, for sure. And the supporting cast as well, get some particularly good darkish moments. Um, but the core thing here is that June is, and this is thanks to the voice acting, a very sort of charming light on her feet character. And so even when horrible things are happening to her, she will crack a joke about it. She will try to navigate it with a bit more um, sort of humor and light. Um, so I, I think, ultimately what I, I find this game is it's cathartic. So like, yes, you will feel some shit, but like it, it specifically gives you the tools and the conversations to feel better about it by the time you get to the end. Oh, it sounds emotional, but great. Yeah. 
very much so. I I think I finished this in about four or five hours tops, oh, maybe. Delicious. Yeah, it's it's a it's a nice. short little game. Played it on the Switch, curled up in bed. Like it it was it it plays like a good book to me. Um, and then you know I said this in my review, but like later that day, I missed hearing those voice actors, and I was like, okay, I I obviously cared about these characters quite a bit. Um, so yeah, hi- highly recommend it. I believe I landed on an eight point five, just because like again, there's some of those pacing issues that that do crop up in the second act, but very good game. That's, That's the wreck. Yeah. Yeah. What we might do now is uh, a little cheeky intercut and uh, head on over to our missing host, Zach, as he tells us all about Dead Island 2. That's exciting. Hello, hello. Hello, it's Zach. Sorry I'm not here tonight joining you. I'm off sinking my teeth into something else, but I thought that we'd jump in. Adam, Nathan, James and I, we're going to talk about Dead Island 2 because I've had access to a preview build uh, for the past week and a bit, so I figured that we'd talk about that for a few minutes and then uh, James will take back over and keep the show going. So James, Adam, Nathan, I've been playing Dead Island 2. We know that I've played it before uh, for about 20 to 30 minutes uh, late last year in November. I thought it was pretty pretty fun, but I was not, I was not sure, uh, you know, if it would evolve into something more than that uh, and, and if that would be enough to kind of sustain it. So I've played perhaps five to six hours now. I had access to the first 12 missions of the game, which which is nine main missions and three side missions, I think, from memory. Uh, yeah, so it's Dead Island 2. It, it is a video game about killing zombies in Los Angeles. Uh, I mean... That that's pretty much the the long and short of it, right what there. What more do you need? What so more? So the island in this case is the United States of America. Yeah, that is <laughs> big correct. That okay. is correct. Um, but no, so the game uh, and so the access I had was literally the start of of the game, and um, so the game op- opens with you uh, basically on board this plane at the beginning of uh, the outbreak, and here you you get to choose which character you're going to be playing. Uh, you, you can't swap characters once you've chosen, so make your pick and you're stuck with it. But, yeah, so there's six six characters and they all, they all kind of uh, have different uh, specialties. Uh, so, uh, so there's Amy, Ryan, Danny, Carla, Bruno and Jacob and they all have their own perks and, excuse me, and attributes. So... Uh, like, like Carla here, she specializes in uh, resilience uh, with her her, um, her attributes, and her her perks are uh, like a like a minor damage boost, and uh, sorry when when fighting multiple zombies, and a moderate toughness boost while her health is critical. Uh, I went with Ryan, who's a firefighter. I'm a sucker for firefighters, you know. <laughs> um, but his uh, his he specializes in toughness. But the the thing that made me choose him is that he uh, regains health when knocking down a zombie. Uh, and having played the game before and having my, you know, my ass kicked uh, it's at, at certain points, I thought that might come in, in handy just to kind of regain a little bit of health. Uh, the other perks, which are actually skill cards, so you start off with two skill cards. Uh, they were a moderate force boost when blocking or dodging. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah. And so I thought that that would be quite quite good. Um, obviously plane doesn't get very far 
goes up, comes back down to LA. And here you kind of have like a tutorial kind of opening kind of sequence where uh, you head towards a certain thing and the game gives you like a brief, um, you know, tutorial on like what the controls are. You then get to this uh, group of survivors uh, and in this group is a, a very, very famous actress called Emma Jaunt and they, or sorry, her and, and her PA are kind of like, no, nah, we're getting the hell out of here. You can deal with it. But she actually gives you her address before fucking off, right? So there's there's these one, there's these two other survivors. One's on the ground and one's stuck behind this, I don't know, this piece of wood or something that's like blocking them in, right? It's too heavy for you to lift and there's a horde coming and that's where you kind of get your first taste of combat here and, uh, you know, you find a weapon like a you know, wooden block on the ground or whatever and you kind of go from there. But... Uh, you actually get bitten and become infected. Oh dear. Uh, but once you kind of uh, deal with the threat and you kind of shit and bricks a bit because you don't really know like what's going to happen now and so you decide to, to go to this Emma, Emma Jaunt's house and that's kind of where the first base of operations is here and you uh, obviously upon arrival they know that you're infected and they're not really overly keen to let you in but there's a, a group of zombies loitering out the front of um, uh, her house. And you, uh, you you go and tackle all, all those people, all those zombies and kind of earn their trust. And they, I think I think they lock you up and, you know, the next morning or whatever, or you or you wake up in a few hours and you're feeling much better. So uh, it, it's clear that you haven't turned, like you're not turning into a zombie, but the infection is inside you. And then who here played the first one? Yeah, baby. Yes. Yep. So Sam B, do you remember this character? Oh is yeah, this, nope. Is that who I think it is? Is this the yeah, yeah. voodoo your voodoo dude? Or? Voodoo your voodoo, yeah. bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, so he is back. He just rocks up. Sure. Uh, I mean, ten out of ten. Let's fucking apparently go. Apparently, he and he and uh, Mrs. Jaunt, or Miss Jaunt, whatever, uh, were a thing. And uh, yeah, he he basically is the same as you. He, he's been infected, but he's also immune. So. Uh, you think that your blood or, you know, is quite <coughs> special. And from here, it's basically like, you know, the, the start of the game or like, you know, the narrative or, 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 you know, the loose narrative that it is. You kind of venture out into into Beverly Hills, uh, sorry, to Bel Air, which is where the, uh, you know, with all the mansions and stuff like that. And you kind of go out and do simple little missions, you know, go and find this person or go, go and find this thing. Uh, one of the missions I did play, which was pretty cool, is you head out to a hotel called the Halperin Hotel, and which is where the military has apparently set up shop. Uh, you have to go and chat with one of the one of the majors there. But when you get to this hotel, obviously shit's gone down, and um, there's no military in sight, just tons and tons of infected. But what you also kind of see is that there was a wedding. Uh, Clearly, there, there was a wedding going down, um, and this is this is where you kind of get some of the environmental storytelling because there's like little uh, tidbits like laying around like notes, and you kind of when you're exploring the hotel, you kind of go through like uh, I think like the bride's room and like the groom's room and stuff like that, and there's little kind of bits and bits of pieces about the world here. Uh, then right at the end of the mission, you actually fight a absolute hulkosaurus of a bride who just has a huge stomp. Uh, so like, you know, it's a it's probably your it's your first boss fight. It's maybe half a dozen missions in 
or you know five or so missions in to the game uh and yeah that's kind of your first look at the boss fights but she's a she's a big zombie uh and she you know she she gives and and uh, takes a bit of damage but the coolest thing about that mission is there is a swimming pool full of caustic acid and also in this game you can drop kick zombies so what do you do now we, you know, when you see a swimming pool full of full of acid and you have the ability to drop kick and there's a wave of zombies coming at you what do you do you know you drop acid a, you fucking hey. drop that's it uh no i basically just drop kicked every single zombie into this swimming pool of acid uh it was super fun and this kind of just sums up like you know this, this kind of game it's over the top it, you know dan buster who are the developers they very much aware that they're making a, a b-grade horror kind of game here um the the gore is next level there's like you know this like hotel is just caked in blood you know across the rooms stuff like that it's uh you know just the zombies themselves are kind of they're not like it's, it's not a serious zombie game you know it's a go out and have fun with it kind of zombie game which i quite like but then i think that also is it's probably its downfall a little bit, uh, which we'll which we'll talk about in a sec. Um, uh, where are we? Sorry, I'm just scrolling through my little notes here. Yeah, so you the bulk of the mission, sorry, the bulk of the preview was yeah, it was in Bel Air. It looks fantastic too, by the way. Like a lot of uh, almost all of the environments look gorgeous. Uh, it's very vibrant. Um, you know, when you compare it to something like The Last of Us, you know, which is quite dark and grim uh this is you know very very bright and it's on you know the sun's out sun's out guns are out you know in uh in in la uh so yeah like they've done very very well with like the visuals and stuff and in bel-air which i don't know if any of you have been to los angeles mm-hmm. and driven around or like you know the rich and famous the houses and stuff and oh buddy adam ryan lives here uh so it's Good you know it, it looks that's it it looks very swanky uh but like yeah and, and in in kind of going back to that uh to that kind of b-grade sort of thing one of the side missions there's a there's a content creation house uh in the hills uh of and course. it's it's exactly <laughs> like what you'd expect it's called the oh, the goat house no or something like that the goat club like, i can't remember exactly what it's called but it's exactly what you'd expect sending up like a hundred thieves and shit you'd expect fucking logan paul to, to fucking be in there <laughs> somewhere right you know what i mean like um and there's a side mission where you actually one of the content creators is on the roof of this house and she's trying to upload this uh or she's trying to film footage for one of her um videos and she gets used to actually do this montage or this, this kill montage so you gotta go around and kill like a bunch of zombies on camera for her um it's just like little shit like that you know they they kind of play into that that b grade you know it's not overly serious kind of thing and it works most of the time some some of the dialogue is a bit you know it is what it is uh whereas other times it's it you know it kind of works and i kind of chuckled here and there but the the core of this game the the beating heart as i write here is is the combat 
which is super fun. It's extremely fluid and it's super like it, it's melee focused. So you're going to be up in zombies' faces. You're going to be hitting them with swords and axes and machetes and steel pipes and all of these things can be modified to have like electrical damage, fire damage, acid damage. You know, you can you can fuck their shit up in all kinds of different ways and it's just it's just fun like it's just really fun i will say that it does kind of get a little bit repetitive towards the end of the five hours i was kind of like uh, like what's you know wh- like where do we go from here like what's what's next like in the preview i probably yeah like 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 i said in the five hours i didn't have um access to any guns or like ranged weapons and I think they're not really the focus here. Like it's, uh, there was like a little video that we had to watch pr- prior to this, but it, it definitely you, you got the impression that m- like the melee combat is the is the focus. Uh, this is what they want you to do, and that, that's because of this flesh system, which is uh, it is it is fully location fully locational evisceration simulator for for humanoids. That is the system, right? And this system is fuck. They worked backwards on that one, didn't they? Um, <laughs> This is actually probably the highlight of this game. It is gory and it is visceral and it is like like the level of detail in these animations is extremely impressive. Like like you can cut zombies' arms off but you can also like hit them with like, I don't know, like an axe or something, right? You'll actually see their body like, I don't know what they're like, but like deteriorate kind of thing where like you can actually cut their, so you can see their bones and then you can see like organs kind of fall out and shit like that. So... You know, and you can kind of use that to like your advantage. So, if you want to, you know, if you got a zombie that's a runner, right? You know, you fucking hack at his legs so he can't like run at you, kind of thing. Um, if a zombie's, I don't know, got a sword for whatever reason, right? You know, you chop his arm off so you know he, he can't whack you with that sword. If that's a thing, I don't know if that's even a thing, but you kind of get what I mean yeah, from that. Yeah. Um, it's like it's super. It's gory. It's gory as as hell. Um, and it's, and this is what I mean by they, uh, Dan Buster wants you to be up close with the combat. It's, you know, because of this sort of, I mean, mm. it is a first person game, so that helps, but, um, this system is, is a uh, part of that. Uh, crafting is, is very much a part of it. So you'll find blueprints and resources in the world. Um, and these blueprints are what you can modify your weapons with. You can repair your weapons. I didn't really do much of that because... Uh, obviously in the early days of, of the game, you were kind of leveling up pretty quickly and you were finding new new and improved weapons kind of as you went. There was one that I found or two that I found, like an axe maybe and a sword or something that I did repair once or twice. But um, apart from that, I just kind of was dropping weapons or keeping them for or um, breaking them down for resources when I, when I didn't kind of need them anymore. Skills, this is something I probably didn't really pay a huge attention to in terms of like writing down notes because uh, we weren't allowed to take screens either so i was like mm, i'll just take some screenshots but i didn't do that and also didn't didn't take notes but basically um the, sk- the skill system is like skill cards and you can have a bunch of different cards uh, for each character but there are some skills that are linked to particular characters um i don't have any examples because i didn't again like i didn't take notes on that but but they, you know they're pretty common stuff you know they're simple th- you know increased damage or stuff yeah. like that you know what i mean so um missions they were pretty fun like they were there was a good variety didn't really feel like i was doing 
fetch quests as such. Uh, there was one mission where, and again, this sort of links links back to that to that B grade horror film. There's, and I really want to see James's reaction to this um, to this scene because I feel like his eyes would roll back like that far back into his head. Um, he'll be able to see his flesh system, but there was like a couple that was a stone, like this stoner couple, which was like a rock star and this lady and they were just so baked. They just had no idea that this apocalypse had, had happened. And it was just, no, like stuff like that was okay. But then it was just, I don't know. I wasn't, this is the kind of thing that would, that would make me like roll my eyes kind of stuff being like, all right, here we go. It's also why are they living in fucking Bel Air if they're stoners? Anyway, I think I think he, he was a he was a big rock star, but uh, um, <laughs> between that and the influencer house, like I I'm getting an idea for the the tone of this thing, oh, and sure. uh, yeah, you're right. I I would yeet myself out a window. Yeah, oh, actually, I think they I think the content creator uses the word yeet. I think. Ah, I think she might even say, ah, there you go. I think she might even say yeet them off the building, or or maybe not. <laughs> who knows? Three dimensional chess shit. I'm playing now. Ah. Uh, yeah, I mean that's pretty much kind of what I all I've kind of written. I think I kind of I've tried to skim it as quickly as possible, and I so I don't, I don't bore you guys too much. But um, after like five hours of playing it, it's it, this is a AAA video game with zombies in it. Like that, this is how I feel. This is a fine video game. I just don't know. Like, there's nothing here that hooks me in. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing here that makes this game unique. This is literally Dead Island 2.0. So if if you wanted if you wanted that, or you know if if you got a group of friends that you want to go around and smash zombies' faces in, this is this is going to be for you. I just like I, I compare it to Dying Light here in my preview because it's it's the easiest comparison to make for several reasons. But that game had the parkour and it has the, the day night cycle. It's just something that sets itself apart in that genre. This just has. Nothing, and I don't think it necessarily needs to, because it's clearly not going for that. But on the other hand, I was just—I just don't know if this is—I've—I've I've no idea how long this game is, by the way. So, uh, I mean, I'm going to assume it's maybe 20 hours plus. Um, the first one certainly went on a bit too long, um, so I could maybe see them repeating that. Yeah, I think this is going to have a, like a ton of missions. The other thing is, it's not actually open world. I, for some reason, I thought it was. Uh, but it's like open zone. So you actually have different, mm. different districts on the map that open up, I guess, as, as the story progresses. Um, and you can kind of fast travel between them. So like the, the zones or the districts themselves are quite big and there's lots of places to go. But yeah, like after five hours of kind of doing, I don't say the same thing, but, you know, but combat is the same thing, right? And the story is, you know, threadbare you know, you, you're not playing this game for the story kind of thing. Uh, like I didn't really know exactly what was going on. Like, you know, my guy was infected, he was immune and he was trying to give his blood to somebody to make a vaccine. But, and he had a brother somewhere. Oh brother, where are you? But um, yeah, that, that's pretty much like what I got from the story. But I, I do think that if you play this game with friends, that this would this will amplify the fun and it might mitigate a lot of those concerns around like repetition and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's pretty much exactly what I expected. Uh, it's a fun, gory romp through Los Angeles, uh, you know, that doesn't take itself too seriously. I have a quick question 
in regards to the different characters. Um, in Dead Island and in whatever the fuck the half game was called, Rip, Riptide. Riptide. Yep. You, each of the characters had like a, I think it was called a rage mode where they each had like a, a signature ability. I only remember the guy I played who like whipped out throwing knives from, I'm guessing, straight out of his yep. ass and could throw them at the zombies. Do they have something so similar have, or is it just... You do have, well, I think because you are infected. So this wasn't actually in the preview, but it was... It was in the first preview I did, which was, I believe, is the second area you go to after Bel Air or whatever the first place is, right? Mm. Um, that in, in that little demo that I played for 25 minutes back in November, they actually had this rage mode. Um, and that's just pushing, I think, just L2 and R2 or L1 and R1, like whatever combination of buttons it is, and you just mm-hmm. you just turn to a fucking beast. Um, you know, it's like rage mode in any game, you know what I mean? Like, um, Yeah, yeah. From from memory, I, I don't think yet there was any, there was nothing special about it. That what didn't happen in this preview. Uh, I never got access to that. But there were several times where my character, the screen would flash red, and clearly he was uh, being affected by the infection. But you know, nothing kind of came of it. Yeah, it was just you know yeah, the cool. screen would go red for five seconds or whatever, and then it would be people would be like, and then go back to normal kind of thing. Um. Did you get to shoot anything? No, then like yeah. So there were no weapons. Sorry, no weapons. No guns. No range weapons in this preview. Okay. The cool. the story part that I was supposed that I was supposed to stop playing at, which I did. I'm a good boy. Um, that is where they two talk about going to find a gun. Got it. Okay. Um, but it, like I don't know, but I think it's in the second district. Is is where you. Go and find guns, but kicking people is fucking fun, man. Like, <laughs> just it's Glad just to hear it. just drop kick, and then you can actually upgrade it. It's like this flying Sparta kick, um, which would look hilarious. Like actually seeing that, not in first person, just seeing someone just, yeah, I don't know, yeah. But it's very cool, um, and then like, and there, there's a ton of different enemy types as well. So it's not, you're not just, um fighting the same zombies They're, like there are harder you know ones that take more damage and you know also deal out more damage and there's stuff that enemies that spit like acid at you and there's yeah, a whole bunch of other stuff uh, yeah, other nice. types as well but the other sorry the other cool thing and this is why i kind of brought up the 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 acid um pool is that the world is the world can act as a bit of a, a weapon box as well right so there are heaps and heaps people in mate p- people in Los Angeles, they like to light fires. They like to pour water down fucking wherever because there are water canisters and fuel canisters lying about everywhere, right? And you can actually get these fuel, uh, water or fuel canisters and you can tip water or fuel on the ground and shit like that and then you can ignite them or uh, electrify them. So there's, there's one scene where you are going towards this hotel that I talk about. Uh, no, sorry. You in, sorry, this is a different side mission, but there, there, there's a pool and there's about six, seven, eight zombies in this pool, right? This swimming pool. And of course, there's a battery thing that's like right near it and you and you find a battery somewhere in the yard and you fang the battery into this like generator thing and it just, and all the cables are in the pool because of course they are, and it just fries like the entire group of zombies, right? Um, and there's also bits and pieces throughout the world. So, uh, there's like a you know like a lamp post or like a street light. You can you can knock that down 
into like a pool of water that's about and then it'll electrify the water. It, they also use it for puzzles as well. So inside the hotel, obviously there was like plumber's leak. Not, a, not sorry, not pl- plumber's leak, but the plumbing was leaking. And um, <laughs> the cables were broken. Of course they were. And if you just ignited, sorry, if you electrified the water, they would it would actually connect the two cables together and power up the elevator or whatever it was that I had to power. So there's little cool things like that that, that they're doing with the world. Nice. All right, it comes out April 21, so not too far now. Nathan, any, any questions? I know that you played, you're a big fan of Dead Island. Look, it sounds to me kind of what I expected, and the big thing is going to be how this plays with mates because the original Dead Island was never at its best solo. It was a repetitive experience that you could, you know, find yourself enjoying as far as comfort food will allow, but... Uh, Dying Light 2, I really wanted to get co-op on that. We were a little bit delayed just because that did have a bit of a, a failure to take off. So let's hope that we can get some impressions around the co-op soon. Uh, if that bodes well, I'm absolutely going to pick that up on launch. Uh, that's yeah, just um, the kind of junk food I need for, to play with friends right now. Yeah, I think, I think this is what this is. This is, I was talking with somebody else who's actually playing it and we kind of agree that this is not like if you're fanging for like a triple a blockbuster game, this is not that game. Like this, this is not going to fill that void. I, at least I don't, don't and this, less this criteria of open, like, well, open ish world zombies and dumb fun is kind of what you're after then of course. But if you're wanting, you know, the next big triple a banger, uh, this is not going to fill that void. Um, this is just something that you would pick up. And I do really quite like that the pricing is actually pretty good. It's pretty generous. It's 79 bucks on PS5. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that is quite good mm-hmm. uh, when you compare it to a lot of other games that are coming out. And that's obviously JB prices. I have no idea what it's priced out at EB. I'm going to assume 100 bucks. 150 bucks probably. That's probably for the okay. collectors because there is a collector's edition. But anyways, sorry, excuse me. We'll um, talk about it a lot more uh, uh next month when the game comes out so that's all from me i'm going to jump back out james is going to take back over and i will see you next week make sure you pick a good 90s film of the week whoever is doing it yeah for sure Bye. gonna do that all right well thanks for that zach really appreciate your insights there uh now <laughs> jordan um talk to me about destiny 2 lightfall uh destiny 2 lightfall it's uh I don't know how else to describe it other than an expansion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Destiny 2 Lightfall is the uh, the fifth, uh, I believe it's the fifth of the annual expansions for Destiny 2, starting from Forsaken and going all the way to now. The game's been through a lot. Um, I've kind of been playing pretty heavily since Witch Queen released because uh, that was a good expansion. Prior it to was. that was Beyond it Light, was. which is yeah. Beyond Shite. Um <laughs> And I I still don't know how I feel about this expansion. Uh, I, I went in pretty hyped, which probably was a dead giveaway that it wasn't going to be the greatest because last time I was super hyped was Beyond Light. Um, but go in uh, and I guess the easiest way to sum up this expansion is gross oversimplification. 
so k- start off with the story. Lightfall kicks off uh, with uh, the the witness, the big bad, the the face of darkness in a sense. Even though they've been spinning the tale of the light and the darkness aren't necessarily good or evil, it's those who wield it. Yada yada yada. Uh, but yeah, the witness who's been wielding the power of the darkness to you know do big bad things. You know we got our first actual taste of the darkness in Shadowkeep with nightmares, and then in Beyond Light with Stasis, uh, and then in Witch Queen with the raid Vow of the Disciple, where you actually go into one of the darkness pyramids and you fight Rock, who is the the first disciple of the witness, a very powerful dude who freaking destroyed his entire planet with a sword. Anyway, um, as you do. Yeah. As as you do, you know, he just he didn't like how he was treated, so it's like I don't like you, like five people, the entire race dies. Anyway, um, so yeah, it kicks off with that. I was kind of immediately disappointed because I thought it would kick off on Earth, would fail, and then we'd have to go to the new ne- the new destination of Neptune or the city of Neo Muna, which was um, uh, a hidden almost human civilization on Neptune that was kept away from the darkness uh, to try and keep humanity alive. Uh, this is all stuff that is never explained in game. It's all in freaking t- texts in a dungeon. Anyway, um, <laughs> so there's no actual fight on Earth. Like a little big bad fight on Earth happens in a cutscene and then you fly straight to Neptune uh, and uh, you're basically immediately uh, thrust upon the new subclass of Strand. Strand, thematically speaking, is all about, like, weaving threads and entangling enemies. Uh, it's really cool. Some of the sound design elements are really cool. In the Vidoc, they showed, like, when they were figuring out how to make the sounds for Strand, they'd, like, got, like, duct tape on cling wrap and, like, ripped it off to, like, make that stretchy sound, which is, like, <laughs> that's such a cool thing. Um, but uh, the... The pro- it's very a very fun subclass, but it also introduces the first problem to the campaign, and that is the campaign feels like a tutorial for Strand and nothing else. Mm. It shoves Strand so far in your face, and it's fine if it wants to make you use it, but the problem is you're not that powerful when you use Strand, especially if you're not Warlock specifically, because the Warlock just has a big damage dump. Like, it throws a bunch of needles... And then anything in front of you turns into green and then explodes. Um, Sounds all right. <laughs> it, I mean, it's great fun and it's great fun grappling everywhere. Um, but the the game just shoves Strand in your face so much that it just, it impedes the pacing of the campaign, both in terms of story and in gameplay. Um, it tries to uh, tell a story in a gameplay sense that you can't master it. And so every time you interact with it, you get exhausted and then like you're kind of down for a second, which... I can appreciate, but you don't need to make me do it a hundred times in eight missions. Um, mm. Then when you get to the actual writing of the campaign, you can say there's writing. Can't say that there's a good writing because all the campaign writing ends up uh, going down into is Callus bragging about himself because he's returned from being a robot in the Leviathan in the very first Raid of Destiny. And now he's a disciple of the Witness and he's like, oh, 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 I'm so good. Oh, my daughter that you might not have met because you haven't done all the seasonal content that doesn't exist anymore is fighting against me and she's bad, but you're on her side, so I guess she's good. Um, and then the witness saying, shut the fuck up and just do what I tell you to do. Uh, and then they mentioned the veil, which is something they've been mentioning for about a year. So you'd think, you know, given that Neptune is 
the home of the veil, you'd understand what it is. I'm a hundred hours deep and I still have no idea what it is. They just I they don't explain it. Yeah. They don't explain it whatsoever. Uh which is very frustrating. Admittedly, there are some post story quest lines that are a little better. They have some nicer storytelling and they don't try to pace themselves out the wazoo. Um and I would argue that the biggest issue with Destiny's storytelling in general is that they try to stick to eight missions. And so the pacing is just super inconsistent or it's so fast that you can't really tell anything. Um, Witch Queen was the only time that it didn't really feel like that, to be honest. Anyway, um, in terms of uh, actual gameplay, they simplified a lot of systems, which is really good. So the build crafting system is not as player hostile as it once was because it was very frustrating. And, uh, you know, you kind of just had to put yourself into a specific corner of a build to get a build to work. Uh, they, they've simplified it a lot down, which I, I think is really good. But at the same time, because it's so simplified, it lacks nuance. And so it becomes very boring very quickly and you end up just having one build for every class. And I, I understand the accessible and approachability argument. I'm all for that. I think if they want Lightfall to have a little more longevity, they need to add more mods for the armor build crafting system to feel fresh. Because realistically, all it ends up being is you chuck mods on your legs to make your weapons do more damage. You chuck something on your chest to have more armor. And you put the grenade mod on your hands so your grenades come back faster. And that's literally all it is. And so it just... It, it lacks the nuance that the previous system had. While admittedly, the previous system was far from perfect. It was quite frustrating because it was... RNG on top of RNG on top of RNG on top of RNG and by limiting some of that they've you know made the game a little more gratifying for the average player base which I'm all for but it also bleeds into uh, the raid surprisingly of all things because general combat is kind of tougher uh, in the explorable space of Neptune uh, you are always under leveled the game always makes sure that you're you're down by five or ten levels just so you're not mowing through things to the point where there's no point of having enemies on the field. Like enemies are a threat constantly. You know, you, you can't just like play like an idiot, um, which is great. No more for that. And the, the strikes are a little tougher. Nightfalls actually feel tough now. Like the one that's currently up, I did not expect it to be as tough as it was supposed to be. Uh, and, you know, it kicked my ass for a little bit. And then, you know, I got the hang of it and I was like, cool. I like this. This is really fun. Uh, and then the, the raid comes out and I did day one raid. I woke up at 4am for the raid like an idiot. Um, sat in there for a stupid amount of time to get the clear. And, you know, while it was tough, it was also not tough at the same time because it it's a raid that's designed to be as simple as possible and that also makes it very easy to power creep into. And so we power crept into the contest mode, which is supposed to be Destiny at its height of difficulty it's supposed to be the one time a year where like the the high-end players the elitists get their difficulty fix and then you know they're out and they, they come back next year uh they kind of really didn't have that uh i think it's the most clear day one raid ever like you'd had a clear rate with with contest mode which is the first two days um a, a clear rate of almost 45 percent compared to the average of like five um, and now that contest mode is off, uh, you can ignore most mechanics in that raid, even though there's about two. 
It's uh, I I think they designed that raid to be uh like a, a good intro raid, but there are so many raids that are in the game now that are pretty simple to explain and understand and learn, and they're very forgiving. That I don't think we're at a point where we need another good intro raid. We just need one that doesn't get power crept the same week it releases. Because there are points now where it's already been um, two manned at two out of six people flawlessly. Like, no death. Which is so, wild. So, Jordan, one of the... Uh, one of the... Uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming you agree with me on this, so do, do disagree with me if I've made the wrong assumption, but... Um, for a while, I and I assume a few others have felt that the new player experience for uh, Destiny 2 could do us some love. It's uh, mm -hmm. basically you can jump in, play through the story campaign that spits you out the other end without much direction. You and I both know that that direction is probably determined by joining a clan. Mm -hmm. It's It can be discombobulating. Ab absolutely. Um, so do, did you... Other than the fact that they've streamlined some of the crafting, has there been any other love there to potentially ease in or soften the new player experience from being too so, overwhelming? So they've added two new systems, one of which is sort of designed to guide the player in the right direction, but it feels a little arbitrary, and that's the, the Guardian rank system. Um, so at the beginning of every season, you should be put to Guardian rank 6 if you're like... Uh, a returning or experienced player um if you're a new player we put at one and it basically puts you through certain quest lines and puts you in specific directions to rank up so then by the time you hit guardian rank six you should know what you're doing and like how you're supposed to level up in power what activities you're supposed to be doing yada 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 um but the biggest problem with it and i don't know how it is with stages one through five but going from six to seven requires something from the new system commendations now i've played a lot of final fantasy and commendations can be a good thing but nine times out of ten they're not because it's either messy or it's the people that get a lot of them get massively inflated egos i don't go on reddit i went onto the destiny subreddit today for five minutes and i saw 10 posts from new players being told to shut up by people with higher guardian rank numbers because they got more commendation points than the other which is exactly what i thought the commendation system would do uh so the really frustrating part is that if you want to rank up in uh in your guardian ranks you need to get commendation points and it's very arbitrary how much points commendations give you because you get points for giving some and you get points for receiving some but it's wildly inconsistent. Like for to to go from Guardian rank six to seven, you need seven hundred and fifty commendation points. I did a raid where I got six commendation points, and in the next one with another group, I got three hundred and sixty with the same amount of commendations. It was stupid. Uh, but yeah, it's it's it always it's always tough to go around uh discussing a system like this and criticizing because you always sound toxic but in reality commendation system points commendation systems bring more issues than they're worth and you know this is another example of it and i don't think that having a a, a score which to show how many commendations you have is fine but tying that to your progression is just stupid and arbitrary mm -hmm. 
I guess time will tell. Uh, it looks like there's a lot that still needs to be determined as the seasons roll on. As yeah, these work ab- absolutely. Um, and are then, you feeling a score? Are you vibing a I'm I'm a seeing, ballpark? I'm sitting on a seven right now because oh. there's a lot good. Um, and I want to score it higher, but there are just some things that bring it down. I do think the the balancing of the weapons right now isn't particularly great. Like, auto <laughs> rifles suck. Pulse rifles have some use. SMGs are just, I'll get out of jail free card for everything, pretty much. Uh, oh, sl- wouldn't, wouldn't be Destiny if the weapon balancing wasn't hot. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. But I, I, I would argue this might be some of the worst, at least in terms of PvE, uh, weapon balancing that I've seen in a long time. Because at least, like, the last time I heavily played... While there were weapons that were stronger than than the others, you could reliably get through content using anything. Whereas now, if you're using an auto rifle in hard content, you're just making it take like 20 minutes longer than it needs to. And it's just, Ooh. yeah, it's just... I, I hope we can get some seasonal updates from you, Jordan, because I always, always, if I'm not playing Destiny, I like to appreciate it from afar. So <laughs> yes, it'd be good, it'd be good to hear fair. how Lightfall's year pans out. Yeah, no, for sure. I'll, I'll try to stay with it. Hopefully the the next season isn't terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Setting that bar low. Yes. <laughs> not to get all um like Reddit conspiracy here, but I, I saw there was a theory floating around that um Strand... Uh, would have fit into uh, the Witch Queen much yes, better. Yes, and people um, people made that correlation specifically because of the the warlock. The, the the symbol for their strand super is actually the same symbol as one of the armor pieces for the Throne World, uh, the Savathun's Throne World. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Armor pieces. Interesting, because it, it it just sounds to me kind of like. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I was also quite hype leading into this. I think that the Lightfall marketing has been exceptional. Um, oh, and the, the vibe around this was so strong. Yeah. Um, but now it does kind of seem like, oh, it's just a bit more wheel spinning until we get to the final shape. Um, yeah, which is, yeah. is that two years next year? Like, do we have a timeline? Uh, it should be next year. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's unfortunate because Lightfall has a lot to love. But the things that it promises to you when you're looking into it it doesn't necessarily deliver on. Mm. Well, bummer. Hopefully we can read your review on the website soon, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, Thanks, Jordan. I'll yeah, try to good get that stuff. Soon. Yeah. Uh, a couple of quick shout outs. Um, Renee O'Flynn has written their first review for well-play.com, which is very exciting. This is for uh, Project Zero, Mask of the, Mask of the Lunar Eclipse. Uh, they have written... An intense atmosphere and intriguing story which is unfortunately marred by the age of the game it was created in. Looking past the clumsiness of the movement, it is still one of the most accessible and fun Project Zero games. That scored a lovely 7 out of 10 from us. Um, I finally got around to reviewing the Rode NT USB Plus microphone, which is the one I've been recording with for the past uh, few months. Obviously, you, you can hear the sound quality here. Bang a, bang a little unit. Uh, highly recommend. I and was, um, I was very confused because you wrote who was someone wrote Jimmy Jim Jim. Yeah, I was like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> so, uh, that was me getting bored making the doc. Um, <laughs> and Jimmy Jim Jam and and Zach, uh, we both had the opportunity to chat with Black Salt Games about Dredge as well. So Dredge is coming out next week and we had a lovely chat with them just about a lot of the inspiration points behind the game and cosmic horror and fishing and all that good stuff. So you can also check that out on the website now. Um, I don't think we have any discussion topics this week, do we? 
I think so. No, but look, let, let's let's uh, give give the generous listeners some mercy and maybe give them a shorter ep. Well, that's it. <laughs> I think maybe we should give the, uh, all... the editor some mercy with a shorter episode. That's it. We're all fanging for it. Um, all right, let's let's dive straight into news. Um, Starfield has been delayed. Um, so, well. D- delayed. I don't think it ever, did. It have a solid release date. No, but it had it, a release it, window. Microsoft promised that every game that they showed off at the their last showcase or whatever was going to release in the first half of this year. That's so right. So this is more or less a delay. Yeah, gotcha. Um, also, this is. I mean, this pushes it into the next financial year, right? Like, which is mm-hmm. uh, got to be a concern for Microsoft at this point. I mean, this game has been cooking for a while, and I think they they need Starfield. They need a Starfield. Uh, I mean, it was going to be next financial year if it missed April anyway, because the American financial year ends at March, at the end of March. Ah, interesting. Oh, actually, yeah. Didn't factor that in. Yeah. Stupid Australian brain. Done it again. Well, look, we are looking at September 6th for Starfield now. Um, I My understanding is we're getting a, a Starfield-focused uh, sort of Xbox Direct sometime soon. Look, I am still very excited because I'm stupid. Uh, and I I take everything Bethesda gives me, and then six months later you go, oh, was that really that good? Anyway, but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I am excited just because, man, there are not many good space games around. I just want this to be a good space mm. game. Not not ones of this budget and caliber, I suppose. No, exactly. Like, even when they don't do it well, like, nobody does it like Bethesda. Um, so I, I am still finding myself, yeah. like, occasionally I get a little itch, been like, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to Starfield. It's also Against, like, I think you know, yeah, they're just, there yeah. aren't good, I guess, single player space games because all of them are like online, except for maybe No Man's <laughs> Sky, but that has its own issues as well. Yes. Yes, it, it mm, certainly does. Um, speaking of delays, uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has been delayed once again after, uh, I guess, a pretty universally negative response to its extensive gameplay footage in that uh, state of play that we recently saw. Um, this is coming to us by way of Bloomberg out there doing some some journalistic work again, which is great. Um, it seems as if they are just taking this criticism pretty pretty badly and um have i don't think has it been officially delayed yet yeah 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 the game's been delayed it's worth um it's worth keeping in mind that i think a lot of people are taking this as everyone thought it was shit so they're reworking it they're not reworking the game mm. it's not going to be a vastly different how could they at this what point? we saw yeah. it's yeah that's just not feasible I, um, I think from the statement that i saw from some people discussing it it wasn't for like a shift it was more just uh like polishing more or less exactly it, it was to make sure that it, the, the, i mean it's the same reason for 95 percent of delays is to make sure yeah. that the game is running Un- unless smoother. it's the day before where they have to make the game yeah well yeah that's true um but yeah i think the the overwhelming response um from journalists and other people in in our industry has been i mean the the easiest clickbait headline is game has been delayed because it looks shit and they want to make it look better it's not really mm-hmm. the case um to to give it some some clarity this is just your, your general delay for polish um right. it's 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 not something that they're going to be tearing the walls down mm. and rebuilding so if you tremendously see, bad timing though right <laughs> like it is, to announce it is, this delay <laughs> yeah it is horrendous timing um and i mean the the knee-jerk response is to be worried about the game because yeah i mean you look at the gameplay trailer 
it didn't meet the standards for a lot of people, then it gets delayed. It definitely feels like a Marvel's Avengers style situation. I'm still holding out hope that it'll be something. I was going to say, yeah, you're still relatively hopeful, positive on this, right? Yeah, man, because I'm a fucking sucker. I I Um, am hopeful for it too. Not for me, just for fans, because yeah, it's 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 a bit tough to be a a superhero fan in the game space because there aren't a lot of good games for for them. Play Guardians of the Galaxy if you want a good superhero game. For fuck's yeah. sake, that game rules. Yeah. Either that or the, the two Spider-Man games. I wouldn't call it a good superhero game, but a good VR game is Iron Man VR. Like, mm. surprisingly yeah. overlooked, probably because of the hardware that it's married to. Very mm. cool game, though. Very good, very good. Um, PS5 uh, version 7.0 of its uh, system software has now been updated and the headline additions are Discord voice chat integration and 1440p support for... Is this for the menus? Is that correct? It's for variable refresh rate because they already had okay. um, some options for 1440p, um, but now it's yeah so popping th- in there. This is us actually just announcing that this, this episode was recorded via PlayStation on Discord. <laughs> yeah, seamless. So, so seamless. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's the same same sort of thing with the Xbox integration. It works, to be quite frank, exactly the same. Um, so you connect your two accounts, you start a voice chat through the app um, via Discord, like uh, via your phone. Sorry. Um, then there's just a little button now that says "Send to PlayStation." That's it. You just hit. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, e- exactly. I thought the integration with Xbox was was decent enough. Um, so I mean, yeah, exactly right. If, if the wheel's still spinning, may as well just roll with it. So that's it. That's it. Um, there are quite a few other little quality of life improvements in this update as well. Uh, Adam has thankfully collated them into a big old list on the website that I am not reading out because I don't want to. Um, the best so thing gonna... is wireless controller updating, which I, um, Oh yeah. I only... did notice that the other day actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's I a great use... addition. I used it today. I was like, oh, there's an I, update. I oh, fuck's too. sake. I need to plug it in. And then remember, you don't have to. So if, yep. if anything, I mean, great for people who use 1440p, great for people who want to use Discord, but fuck, for people like me who are too lazy to plug their controller in, massive win. Thanks, 7.0. Excellent, excellent. Uh, what else have I got down here? Uh, Resident Evil 4 has a demo out now. Uh, this is the Chainsaw demo, which I haven't actually played myself. But I'm pretty sure it's just like the opening half an hour of the game the the intro sequence in the village i think yeah from what i've seen it it, it is yeah and it's got a, mm. a, a little hidden extra hard mode in there i i'm yes. speaking out my ass because i don't know how you unlock it but i've just seen that that is an option i've, I've also seen that floating, floating around as well extra I, hard, I, is it like a kinky mode or a more difficult version it'll well, make you extra hard that's <laughs> um, has anyone here on. played the demo no no i i'm i know very little about re4 especially the remake and i want to keep it that way so i can just go in not knowing yeah. anything yep no that is very very fair um i have not played the demo so i will not say anything um <laughs> good good stuff you can go and download that now on your console or platform of choice i suppose um and uh, this isn't in our official rundown but this has kind of cropped up over the past day i think but uh it seems as if pokemon is getting into nfts um, mm. which is just that fucking rat. 
back and truly a very, very strange thing. This is comes, uh, this is from, I'm getting this from a Kotaku article, but it seems like there was a Pokemon company listing on LinkedIn that said they're looking for someone with experience with NFT, blockchain, and the metaverse. This is just awful news. I hate this. Next, next thing you know, they're actually just hiring someone to find like all the, yeah, all the third party NFT products to shut them down immediately. See, now that, that would be a nice twist. That would be a good end to this story. I think the scary thing with this story is how, now I'm not using this in the context of it being a positive, but how well NFTs would fit with Pokemon in general. Like how yeah, yes. e- how easily, maybe that's probably if, a better way. If it was it. any other property to do with Nintendo, I'd be like, that's full of shit. But because it's Nintendo and the Pokemon company owns Pokemon more than Nintendo does, I'm like, uh, that sounds kind of feasible. Yeah, mm. like it's not like they're whacking Pikmin because no one's going, fuck, I really want that pink Pikmin or rock Pikmin <laughs> that's specific to me. But like people walking around being like, this is my totodile. Like I could fall into mm. that trap so easily. Um, and yeah, it's it's a little bit terrifying because if, if there is a property that could bring NFTs back to the forefront, because I mean, they're pretty much, as, as far as I'm concerned, dead and buried because no one gives a fuck about them anymore. Yep. But if they could rise to prominence again off the back of an IP, it's probably going to be Pokemon, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Could very Awful. much see that happening, which is disappointing. It is. Yep. The exact opposite of what we want. Um, there is a bunch more other fun little news tidbits that you can find on uh, the website at the moment. So feel free to head on over there and have a bit of a look-see. Um, off topics. Let's topic off. Anyone have anything to contribute? Watching, reading, listening? Tell me all about it. I actually rewatched uh, Straight Outta Compton last night. Oh, yeah? The, uh, the, what would you call it, like a biopic, in a sense? Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah, yeah for uh, for NWA. I'm not going to repeat the actual name of that acronym because, you know. No, do it, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank <Okay>. you. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, I I love that movie. I've always loved like that era of rap, and you know, "Fuck the Police" is a great track. Uh, Banger. It'll always be a, a personal favorite of mine. But yeah, it's just track. such a such a such a good film. Hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. Anyone else watched anything? I can chuck t- I can chuck two in uh, because because Zach Daddy's away it means I get to reclaim and uh fondle the 90s film of the week with something that uh, <laughs> da, 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 90s film of the week he's not gonna like so yeah when, <laughs> when, when daddy's out nathan comes out to play so uh, I'm, a, I'm gonna throw something real left field at you this time drum roll <laughs> the end of avon galleon zach just got a cold shiver shoot yeah, all way up his spine <laughs> He doesn't even know where. Like he's, he's probably like, I think he might be flying or something at the moment. So he's like, fuck it. He's like, in the air. It does get fine. cold in the plane, right? Can yeah. I get a blanket? <laughs> anyway, uh, look, I can't say too much about this. This is a, uh, I guess, effectively a reworking of the last two episodes of yeah. the controversially cancelled before its time ran out of budget, fucked itself up, but no less prominent series, which has obviously been sort of. Uh, fixed with its rebuild movies that came out over the past couple decades. But um, 
I think this one, the reason this is a must-watch 90s film is uh, if you've seen the meme with uh, Shinji and it says, like, I'm so fucked up and he's standing in front of a hospital bed, that's where this came from. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, say no more. Uh, the end of Evangelion. I, Actually, I... why do I love this? Just the absolute sheer nonsensical audacity where it just, like, absolutely goes balls deep into, like... Um, judeo-christianity like judeo-christian mythology and just absolutely warp it till it's upside down for the sake of creating this like apocalyptic (laughs) kaiju japanese narrative um i love it a lot anyway moving on uh, the other thing i have seen that is serious is i'm still back on the park chan wook films so i mentioned a couple weeks back decision to leave which didn't get a whole lot of love at the Oscars, but I'm not even mad because, you know, the Oscars, you know, it seemed like a good year. I'm sure one of you folks might might drop some info on that because I didn't actually watch it, but I saw some cool headlines. Uh, but look, I'm starting to decide that this is, like, this is the dude that did Old Boy, right? So, you know, a lot of folks have seen Old Boy. It's an influential film from South Korea. I haven't seen many of his films, but now I'm actually going through and watching them. They all seem to, they're kind of a little bit iterative, but in a really interesting way. He does these sort of modern tragedies, I suppose, but tragedies in the ancient sense where there's like clearly a romance at play. Mm. Sometimes the romance doesn't become apparent till like halfway through the film. And then, you know, one part, one half of the film, whether it's the first or second half, will be this really tragic romance. So I just can't, it's like a car crash. I just can't look away. Uh, so I watched, the short of it is I've started watching the uh, Vengeance trilogy. So the, the second film everyone's seen, that's Old Boy. First film I've never seen before is uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, which I actually dug a lot. Uh, I won't go too much into it because I've already taken up a lot of time, but, but one thing that surprised me is the protagonist here is a, a deaf protagonist. I didn't pick that up immediately at the start because the film, like a lot of his films, don't want to do too much explaining. They kind of leave it up to you to be able to pick up the you know, important details from the framing and, you know, the other little things that they drop during the movie. Uh, but I thought it was a terrific film. Again, it has a very strong midway twist. Uh, it's got some, you know, cool fight sequences, but ultimately, yeah, it's just a very fucked up romantic tragedy. And I'm keen to watch more of his films. So over the next coming weeks, I hope to drop some thoughts on sympathy for Lady Vengeance as well as The Handmaiden. Um, I, I just think he, the way he does these stories is they're, they're just absolutely classic and what they are for that kind of genre. I'm, I'm a sucker for a good for a good tragedy. Nice. Nice. Adam, you got anything? I do. It's uh, far less insightful. I went to see Scream 6 the, the other oh, night. Oh, yes. yeah. Okay. Give us the goods. Fucking banger. I'd say <laughs> top top. Th- mm. I want to we say got top. your we got your scream rankings. What was it last year? Yeah, I th- I think so, and I don't think they were overly controversial because there is kind of a, a pretty set in stone pecking order of scream. Look, films. I agree, I agree. Um, I'd say it's up there with Scream Two, maybe. I still don't think it holds a candle to the original because I don't think any of them can. Mm, how could um, they? Yeah, I'd think it. W- I think it's as good, if not potentially better, than Scream Two. Um, it's a little less meta because it focuses more on like actual character development. Um, like in Scream 5, Sam, the main character, while a good like scream queen in her own right, she was pretty kind of 
I don't know, standard. She was, didn't have much of a, a character outside of Billy Loomis's daughter for that kind of rug pull moment. Um, she is fucking excellent in this film. She is a bad ass. Um, and so is her sister who I cannot remember her name played by Jenna Ortega, but they both get way more depth to their character. The supporting cast gets fleshed out a little bit more. Um, and God damn, there is one scene that takes place on a train um, that just kind of ratchets up the tension to a point where you would expect it to get paid off. And then it keeps building from there and <laughs> keeps building. And then when you finally get the payoff, it's very well deserved. And it just like you you start to fidget because you're uncomfortable because you think it should have paid off by this point. And then it just continues to go past. So it's, it's really, really fun. Um, obviously it's, it's no Oscar winner. Um, like Nathan was saying, but, it's um goddamn it's a fun time and i had a real real fun experience and there are some excellent kills as well really really <laughs> brutal we're spoiled to get a horror franchise that's that consistently like okay at worst but still good yeah like it's like, never I, I don't recall not enjoying any of them no like outside of th- i mean three is probably the most subpar of the bunch i think i know that bad though no, I absolutely wouldn't. I I love yeah. I love all of them. I literally I love all of them. Um, again, people kind of had issues with four because that kind of brought in new people. But I really yeah. liked four. Um, I, I had a good time with that one. Not to give anything away, but if you really like four, then you'll probably enjoy a good part of six as well. Excellent. That was going to be my next question because we, we've talked before about how five didn't really work for me. Um, do you think that I will at least have a good time with this? Absolutely. Cool. 100% I think if you if you liked kind of what they were attempting in 5 but it didn't mm. potentially land for you I think they they very well stuck the landing with 6 so get around it James see it while it's in Good the stuff. in the cinemas Yeah I'm, I might take my time. time Yeah that, that sounds you like an alright time Treat yourself you work hard mm. <laughs> Um not to not to derail us or anything but um I don't think you and I have ever talked about the recent Halloween trilogy where are you out on that Oh my god <laughs> um, I, I, I enjoyed for the most part, the rebooted Halloween. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. Halloween kills was a fucking train wreck. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually haven't seen, is it Halloween ends? Ends. Is that, yeah. Oh my God. I haven't seen that yet purely because I like, I'm waiting for a, a nightwear key and I want to watch something that is bad because I'm mm-hmm. going to assume that it's bad because kills it- was fucking atrocious if you it thought was. kills was a slap in the face mate <laughs> Look, oh boy i i found kills to be pretty ideologically ugly like i think that movie is like both dumb and mean-spirited um so I, did, it really not, is yeah did, yeah the I was evil ends tonight stuff watching that film yeah did not like that at all ends i is a bad movie for sure i think there's a good movie in its first half um but it where it goes oh boy there, there it goes yeah um i, I think I, it's yeah. a shame because yeah. the like the reboot the reboot like the, uh, I Halloween. the reboot. yeah yep. fuck it really and it set like a such a cool groundwork for mm-hmm. something they could build on and then they just decided to whip their pants down and shit the bed terribly so unfortunate oh, but you know what can you do my, my controversial two senses now i haven't seen these films in over a decade but based on memory alone, I feel like I enjoyed the Rob Zombie duology more than the second. Like, that that opinion is coming around. I, I've seen that 
that consensus oh, okay, out there. I'm not yeah. unique in that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I, th- I think I I'm think not confident in it. I would prefer to watch the Rob Zombie duo over Kills. I think there might be a bit of nostalgia that plays into it a little bit, but I think it's campy enough where it's like shit, but good. Whereas I think Kills wants to be good, but is shit. Mm. Mm. Yep. I'd agree with that. Fuck that movie. It, but the original is like one of my all time favorites. The original is incredible. Like, it's the original so good. Is, is, yeah. is incredible. 10 out of 10 film for me. Yeah. yeah. I, I fully agree. Agreed. Very lean little film. Speaking of lean little things, this has been a great, great potty boys. Thank you so much <laughs> for, for joining me tonight. <laughs> um, oh, James, you kill me. <laughs> I, I do my best. Adam, uh, Nathan, and Jordan, thank you so much for being hey, here. Yeah, that's my name. <laughs> much appreciated. Um, if you want to check out anything we've talked about tonight, you can, of course, head over to well-play.com to see all of our fun little content. Uh, we are also on YouTube now, where we're putting up some more stuff over there, which is exciting, so please go and check that out. Um, until next time, thanks. <laughs> thank? thank? Big, yes. big thank. Only one thank. <laughs> Just thank. Uh, I don't know. B- b- generous listener. To, mm, yeah. thank. You can generous. have to thank. Yeah. All right. Bye. To thank. Bye. Well, well thanked. thanked. Well thanked. Thank you. Yep. Well hyphen thanked. Uh, well dash thank. <laughs> All right. Bye bye. <laughs>